Hello and welcome to Brits on Flicks, your monthly movie podcast where we discuss, deliberate and dissect many movies this time as it is the best of the year episode. Brian and I are going to be counting down our top 10 favourite movies of this year, of which no doubt there'll be some contentious note at some point. But for that, Happy New Year. Yes, Happy New Year. Uh, we, we have tried to, to go with UK release dates here, this being Brits mm. on flicks. Um, but don't crucify us if we get one wrong. Uh, so, yeah, um, accidents do happen. Yes, so 2019 as a whole, Brian, what did you mm. think of it? Uh, I, I, I think it was the year that Netflix came into its own, really. Mm. Um, I, I Yeah. I think uh took them a while to get going. There's, they had a, a lot of films that seemed to just be thrown out there. Um, and last year, yeah, they, they scored big on quite a few movies, must be said. Um, but on the whole, yeah, I think it's been a pretty good year. There's still... Still a few from across the pond that have yet to be released over here, but uh, with mm. regards to British release dates, you know, we got some films that are technically 2018 releases. I know one, at least one, appears in my top ten. Uh, well, yeah, just one. I'm looking at it now. Uh, but, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's been a good year. I Like I say, I'm looking forward to uh, some of the ones that, I have still yet to see. I do have a list put mm. together on Letterboxd of films that I still need to see. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, initially, when I was thinking about a top ten earlier on in the year, I was thinking what a, a kind of woeful year we had had. But at that mm. point, I was only really accounting for the blockbusters. And mm. I think this year, the blockbusters really did drop the ball. Yeah. But that just made more room for for better movies and a a lot of movies that never quite made it onto the the big screen you know there's a lot of great content out there sometimes the trouble is just finding it amongst it but but i i think we've i've I've got a good solid 10 here i really did struggle getting it down to 10 so that's a good sign um there was some some movies that really really hurt to leave off the list yeah um which i think i think that kind of says to it being a good year so who wants to go first on this Brian I'll open up to you you can choose uh, I'll, I'll let you go first um, sure we'll, shall we save honourable mentions till the end yeah let's not spoil any yeah, surprises yeah. here okay okay uh, my number 10 was uh, it's one of those movies that I saw at Fright Fest this year yeah. um, and I don't know if it's had a, a full release as yet and it's a movie called Death of a Vlogger now it's one of these low-budget movies that um, some guy and a few friends made, and you know you hear that going into it, and alarm bells are ringing because <laughs> it's not going to be good. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, but the sheer creativity going into this movie was fantastic. You can see that there's limited uh, sets or what he, he's kind of filmed around what he has, but what he does do is he has a knack for telling a story. 
and making something that is very social aware just now and just layering it up. So the story, if you haven't heard about it, is all about a, a blogger in his house. Um, he, he has some kind of eye operation, um, the, the surgery, the laser surgery, and he's trying to do a live stream and some spooky goings on happen and he seems to become an internet sensation. And then things take a turn and it becomes stranger and weirder and becomes all about people on the internet being um, super friendly and excited and then turning quite antagonistic against people. There's genuine scares and emotion within the movie and it is one of these wonderful movies that I know is just going to fade into the ether. Nobody's going to talk about it or hear about it and I think it was it was terrific. Okay. Um I, I, I'm always, <laughs> when we do these each year, I'm always, uh, uh, mm, what's the word? <laughs> <laughs> Challenged, shall we say, by, by your list. Because uh, you always throw a load of films out that I, I half the time haven't even heard of or certainly haven't seen. Um, yeah. and, and you tend to... Uh, not avoid, but you, you don't tend to throw some of the, the the big blockbuster ones in there as much as I would say. My, I think my top ten are, tends to be movies that pretty much most people have seen. But um, hmm. <laughs> maybe I'm just the more populist one, one uh, amongst us. Which yeah, I never thought you, you like what you like, Brian. You do, you do like what you like. Um, my number ten is Doctor Sleep. Uh, yeah, I, I'm a huge Kubrick fan. You know, I, I don't know a lot about Kubrick over on my YouTube channel. Uh, I, I he's one of my favorite directors. He would probably make my Mount Rushmore of directors. Uh, I, I, yeah. So the idea when it was announced of doing a direct sequel to Kubrick's The Shining. Mm to me was just stupid absolute yeah. stupidity um it made no sense to me and i just felt like <clears throat> flanagan mike flanagan was setting himself up for failure um a, a lot of people had raved about flanagan prior to mm. this uh, mostly for films that I, I didn't personally care for not not feel i hadn't seen his work but there were films within franchises, uh, like um, Oculus, was it one of them? Yeah, Hush. Yeah, and so so yeah, uh, I, I I was kind of like hmm, it, 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 the films that he makes based on the trailers for them, because again, like I say, I hadn't seen them, but th they mm. were those kind of films that felt to me like the kind that you know studios put out on a weekly basis on a Friday night just to get the teen crowd, and I'm like, really. This is the guy that you're giving the, the shining that everyone seems to be praising. Uh, but uh, yeah, I went to see it anyway because I, I have to. Um, I just you know I have to see what 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 kind of job they do with it. And wow, blimey! <laughs> yeah, he, he made a good film. He he made a film to a that's a sequel to a Stanley Kubrick film, no less. Um, that actually has something to offer, has something to say, has a few places to go. Is it as good as The Shining? No, no, no way, definitely not. But Man Alive, it's about as good as we're ever going to get without yeah. actually having Stanley Kubrick 
behind the you know the direct in the director's chair um so yeah uh i i think you mcgregor is on top form uh, i really like him in this i think the character work they do in the script department with him and feeding his journey into the journey that his dad had um you know is, is history going to repeat itself is is are you kind of doomed to the fate of your parents, that kind of thing? Or, or can you break mm. away from it? Um, yeah, really good stuff to explore and a really great villain in Rebecca oh, Ferguson's yeah. The Hat. So, yeah, loved it. Loved it. Great film. Um, yeah, it was absolutely terrific. I think the, the most disappointing thing about the, the movie, and this is the only thing I have that was disappointing about it, was the attendance at the box office for it because this thing should have been a blockbuster. Mm -hmm. It should have brought in crowds of people who would have been yeah. over the moon with this movie. It, it was really well done. Way better than it had any right to be. Mm. Certainly, yeah. certainly the best Stephen King adaptation to come out this year. I was very disappointed with it, Chapter 2. but uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, easily. Um, <coughs> my number 9 is a big blockbuster, Brian. Uh, and <laughs> it was much further up the list it's slid down ever so much and that is Avengers Endgame oh. number 9 um, I, I thought it was a wonderful conclusion to a series of movies and I think they did everything great I think the the most exciting thing for me about the movie was the fact that it was time travel and I had no idea walking into it that it was going to be that <laughs> and it then becomes the greatest hits of Marvel and it's wonderful it works everything's yeah handed off that everybody gets uh, great finales and finishes to characters they all have their little moments i think it's just wonderfully done but uh, when i look at the last two avengers game infinity war and endgame i, I do prefer infinity war um but that's just me but it's a it's a terrific movie um and the hardest thing to do is to stick the landing you yeah, know and definitely. they do it remarkably well here mm. Yeah, that's my number that's nine. Okay. <coughs> my number nine, and this is a film that has it, it has dropped a little bit as as the years gone on. Um, it's Toy Story Four. Uh, it it's it's the out of all the films on the list, it's 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 that film that when I watch it, to me, I I feel like with all of the Toy Story movies. It's just an amazing piece of work. Uh, it certainly has the best animation of all, of any of the Toy Story movies, obviously, because as the technology evolves, they get better and better. Um, but I think the story, you know, is, the story is there as well. Um, did we need it? No, maybe not. Um, you know, we had a perfect trilogy there with the first three movies, but I I, I think it's I think it's up there with them. Uh, it's certainly not my least favorite of the Toy Story franchise. Um, but I animation's a weird one for me because I'm just I'm not drawn to it yet. Mm. When I watch a really good animated movie such as Toy Story Four, I do think they're amazing. You know, I mm. I, I watched Toy Story Four and I thought that is a, that is a I gave it a four and a half out of five when I you know when I first viewed it and I'm like yeah, but. Once I viewed it, and once I've given that rating and praised it, I don't feel any urge to go back to it. Um, yeah. So it's it's like Doctor Sleep is going to be a film that I will watch, 
multiple times. Toy Story 4 isn't. And yet, the, the more objective side of me has to say that Toy Story 4 is the better film. Um, you know, just, just looking at film from purely an objective level, uh, I, I do think it is the better film. Um, mm. I, I just, yeah, I thought the characters were all nailed. They had a good send-off. For for uh, for Woody and yeah, a, a story that had a lot of heart to it, as these films so often do. Um, I I think Pixar have become so good at what they do, particularly with the Toy Story movies, that um, I, I I think people maybe now expect too much from it. Just I I don't think I I think the reaction to Toy Story is always a bit lukewarm compared to some of the others, mm. whereas. When I watched it, I, I was just like, yeah, it's it's Toy Story. And it's, it's up there with the rest of the Toy Story films. Uh, so no. that's it, really. Yeah, I, I for me, it wasn't wasn't the best. Um, I'm, I'm part of that group of people that felt that, you know, the third one had a, a perfect finale mm. for it. You know, um, Woody and the gang had got a new child. They were moved on. They were going to, you know, begin their cycle all over again. And then we jumped into this movie and Woody was already sidelined and thrown in a cupboard. And I was just like, it's just, you know, it's it was perfect at three. And I, and I never really connected um, with 4K or any of the new characters or, or sidelining everybody. It had some good moments mm. and some good design. It was no, by no means a bad movie. It just wasn't my cup of tea. But I echo exactly what you say about animated movies. It's... It's not something that I I would willingly choose if I could avoid it. It's just something I end up at, and mm. sometimes I just love it, you know. But yeah, yeah. Uh, my number eight, and out of all my list, I can see this one rising up more throughout the next couple of years because I, I absolutely love that, and that is Knives Out. Oh, well, can I just stop you there because my number eight is also Knives Out, and so oh. I'll, I'll just say that so that we can actually discuss it. Um, yeah. Um, now I. I've seen it twice. I don't know if you've seen it a second time or not. I've not. I just saw it the once. Right. I I think I enjoyed it even more the second time. Right. It's a a mystery movie where the mystery is secondary to everything else. It's all Mm. about these characters and how they're relating to one another and the amazing cast that it gets together. It is just wonderful. And the performances from... Well, everybody. I can't. I don't want to single one person out because I think they're all doing amazing work. What yeah. did you like about it? Uh, just the intricacy of the plotting, mm. um, and the fact that it gives you things in such a way that you, you kind of know where it's going, but you don't. Mm. Um, like the the, the, the the I was I nearly spoiled something then, but the reveal of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the the reveal of who basically I figured out pretty early on who was responsible. But mm. the 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 joy doesn't come from seeing the, the joy doesn't come from finding out who is responsible. The joy comes from finding out how they were responsible. How did they do it? What were the loose ends that that they tied mm. up and this that and the other and just again like you say the character arcs for each of them like each of the each of the family members is a suspect for good reason you know they all have a reason to have killed this guy every character does um and it's just like 
yeah, it's just it's it's a family drama, really. That's that's mm -hmm. all it is. It's a family drama. All the dirty laundry is being aired out, um, but it, it, it's doing so uh, as part of the unfolding of this investigation. Um, I loved Daniel Craig's detective. Yes. Uh, I'd love to see him get a series of movies. Quite frankly, I'd I'd be quite mm. willing to to see him going to some other investigation somewhere. Uh, I love Anna Diarmas. I've been a fan of her right from the right from the beginning. That when I saw when I saw her, the first film I saw her in actually was uh, Knock Knock. Like, yeah, I hate that thing. It's 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 a terrible film. It's an absolutely mm. terrible film. And towards the end, it's laughably bad. Like really laughably bad. Yeah. But as bad as that whole film is, even in that film, I could tell right off the bat. No bones about it that Anna de Armas was a talent. Um, mm. the, the, there are certain moments in that film from a performance standpoint. I know she gets a kit off and I know a lot of people will chuckle like a 12-year-old schoolboy when I say she had a lot of talent in Knock Knock. But I'm not talking about... Yeah, I'm not talking about those talents. I'm talking about her actual acting ability. There are several mm. moments in that film where she does some uh, some stuff. Uh, that's quite nuanced, I think. Um, that that is more deserving of another film, quite frankly, of of, of some other film, uh, not that one. Um, yeah, it's like she she was the only bright spot in that film. So I, I I looked out for her since then to see to see if she'd go on to do other stuff. And then obviously she did Blade Runner twenty forty nine, which is one of my favourite movies of all time now. Um, and yeah, just here she's great as well. She's she has to do a lot. She has to carry quite a burden in this. Yeah. Uh, she's one of the central characters, if not the central character. Yeah, elite. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I yeah, it's a great film. Just I think Ryan Johnson just he's very good at doing characters. You know, you look mm. at his other work like Brick um, and and uh, Brothers Bloom, Looper. Bro Brothers Bloom and Looper. Yeah, Brothers Bloom is the one I always forget the name of, but it's again, it's a very character-driven piece. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, I, I I think he's very good at doing that, at, at taking a mixed bag of characters, sticking them into a melting pot, and and, and doing something fun with them. So mm. yeah, really really good stuff. Yeah, I absolutely love it. And for me, it was a real surprise that uh, Anna Damaris was the the, the lead. I didn't mm. think it was, I thought it was going to be a truly ensemble, but she is most definitely the lead, and she is terrific in it. Mm. Um, I, I, I'd like to see Daniel Craig back as that character. I'd like to see her with him again because <laughs> I just I just liked it. Yeah, um, I can see that one rising up through my list over the years because it was really enjoyable. There's, there's one okay. scene in it when uh, that they just had me in stitches, uh, which is when uh, Daniel Craig's character. He's ranting on about a donut. <laughs> the donut. Yeah. a donut. Just, oh man, brilliant. Um, there, there was actually more people in my second screening of it, which was a, a, a good few weeks after it was out mm. in the first, and, and they were just with it, laughing at yeah. everything and just really enjoying it. It just made the movie even better for me. Mm. Um, my number seven is uh, Robert Eggers' follow-up to The Vivitch. Uh, which has The Lighthouse, starring Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson. Um, I thought this thing was this thing was captivating from start to finish, and um, I, I don't know if you've seen it as yet, Brian. Have you? 
I've not. I, I, it's on my list of ones to watch. I've got like 18 films on my list of ones to watch. Um, yeah. This so is one it's of a, them. It's, it's, it's black and white. It's one by yeah. one ratio. Um, it's basically set in the 1890s. You have um, this lighthouse captain uh, is going to this uh, small island where it's basically just a lighthouse. And it's going to be him. It's going to be his trainee. They're going to be stuck there for four weeks until they get uh, the relief there to, to let them off. And they just slowly go insane as they find themselves trapped at the mercy of a storm, distrusting each other, manipulating each other. It's just the two actors. They are goddamn magnificent. There is one moment where Willem Dafoe just, just goes um, because his cooking is insulted and he just rants on this three-minute curse uh, praying for Poseidon to to strike this young man down for <laughs> saying bad things about his lobster. Um, it's a hard one to to really discuss because I feel like you need to see it. But much like the the witch, uh, Eggers is doing something very different in the horror medium, and can wholeheartedly recommend this one. This you would class this as a horror, would you? Yes. Right. Yes, although it's not. A deep horror. There's there's psychological elements to it. Um, there's people forced to deal with their own uh, inner demons okay. uh, as well. So it's that kind of of idea, and and the horrors of of men left uh, to their own devices. Okay, I hated the ending to the witch. I I I, I thought it was a really great film. Uh, very expertly made. Very tense. I just hated the ending. Um, same with. Hereditary, really. Um, but, I've not um, watched that as yet. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, I had the same problems with Hereditary as I did with The Witch, uh, in that it's an absolutely blinding, brilliantly made film, ruined by a, a, a final, literally like the final scene. Um, but, uh, yeah, The Lighthouse, I, I, I've not seen it. I've heard a lot of people like you say it's 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 brilliant. Um friend of mine Cody Leach hated it uh, said <laughs> it was really um, pretentious and too artsy fartsy and I don't know just the, the, the way he was talking about it me, me and him often agree we're often on the same page with our, with our movie tastes so that's kind of made me a bit dubious about it but I, I, I will watch it I mm. will always try and judge a film for myself um but uh, yeah, as of yet, I've not seen it. It's it's Batman versus the Green Lantern, <laughs> or Green not Green Lantern, Green Goblin. Green Goblin, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so my number seven, and I know this is a film that decreased on second viewing for you, um, but for me, I, I yeah, I, I've not had a second viewing yet, but I. I once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, Tarantino. Um, the, it's, it's a film where I, I came out of it and I loved it, but um, my, my gut reaction was this is probably one of Tarantino's lesser works. Mm. But it stuck with me. And it, it's a bit like Inglorious Bastards. Uh, that's, that's a film that like, I, I really liked, but I had some issues with it. And then the more I thought about those issues, the more I realised just how relevant those issues were to the overall kind of theology of the film, so to speak. Um, so 
Yeah, this this was the same. Uh, like so, Inglorious Bastards has kind of really gone up in my estimation, and now this has done the same. It's it's a film where I've gone away, I've thought about it, and the more I think about it, the more I want to see it again, and 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 the more it's yeah, the more it just works for me. Um, I know me and you had a discussion mm. about uh, the, char- the, the, the the Margot Robbie's character mm. Sharon Tate um and yeah just I, I came out of that film thinking anyone who doesn't know the story of Sharon Tate this this, this every bit of her subplot is just going to be pointless absolutely pointless um going into and I know you do know the some you know the mm. story so so I I can't just blanket statement everyone who who does know that you know uh, but for me because I did know the story of Sharon Tate all the way through it there was this expectation of where it was leading and I didn't want it to go there and the more time we spent with her the more I didn't want to go there because I'm like oh man this this young woman she's got a whole life ahead of her look you know when she goes to the cinema and visits and sees herself on the big screen and the joy of that and the 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 hope of where her career is going to go and spending time with her friends and and it's just like the more they show you of, of her the more I don't want to happen what is going to happen which is that she's going to be mm. murdered brutally by by these insane lunatics um and it's and the film deliberately plays on that expectation um and i don't i don't think that obviously once once you once you get to the end and you realize where he goes with it i don't think that knowing where he goes with it will ruin a second viewing for me because mm. the film is is a love letter to Hollywood. So that all that stuff with Sharon Tate, it's still to me very poignant because because of my love for cinema and my and my appreciation for what goes into people's desire to break into Hollywood and to to become a star and all the pratfalls of of that and you know what can happen in moments of tragedy and things like that. I just I don't know, it just to me it just I really liked it. I loved it. I, I, I and it just it stuck with me, and I'm looking forward to watching it a second time. There's some really great elements with uh, Brad Pitt's character, who I just find hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, real sense of danger with him, uh, and yet he's he's funny. He's likable. Um, I know a lot of people spat the dummy out over the Bruce Lee sequence, but hey, get over it. It's a joke. It's mm. uh, it's it's yeah. You know, if, if you're gonna have if you're gonna have your main character kick the kick the ass of someone who is famed for being a great fighter, then you make that person Bruce Lee because then it sets up your main character as someone who just cannot be messed with. Um, yeah. So yeah, I yeah I, I loved it, and DiCaprio gave an absolutely brilliant performance, which I think personally should be nominated for an Oscar this year. Um, my number six was John Wick three. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which I had way too much fun with at the cinema. I went back a couple of times to see this, and every time it was just pure, unadulterated joy. It is 
bonkers and ludicrous and silly and unbelievable and um, it feels like at some point uh, New York City is just populated by <laughs> hitmen just waiting <laughs> waiting to die um, but the action was kinetic and, and exciting and it had horse foo and, and all kinds of wacky stuff dog foo dog foo do, that oh, scene man. was tremendous the, the, the way they just kept on going for the balls. <laughs> <laughs> oh! Um, and, and it's like I, I was kind of like, I liked the first one. I thought it was fun for what it was. The second one was okay, but the third one for me is, is by far my favourite of the trilogy oh, so far. Really? Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. See, for me, it was the le- my least favourite. Still great. It, it was number 30, mm. uh, sorry, number 15 in my you know my yearly list mm. uh, so it didn't quite didn't quite break into my top 10 but i i did love it i absolutely love it i loved what what i love about these films is that they keep finding more inventive ways to you know to to, to create or craft a, an action sequence so like the, the introduction mm. of the dogs stroke a genius just like yeah. it's something i've not seen before uh, the way they filmed mm. it and the way they you know, the way that Halle Berry's character controls them dogs and just sicks them on people. And like I say, they just go straight for the balls. And you really mm-hmm. feel bad for those guys who, you know, are copping it. But um, no, I, I did love it. Um, for me, the first one was, was, was a film that I, I didn't love on first viewing because I, I think people just oversold it to me. Um, and then I watched the second one and I absolutely loved the second one. I thought it was brilliant. I thought the world was made bigger. The story was better. Um, it took a, a bit longer to get going, but once it did get going, it, the action was just amazing. Uh, for me, it is the best one. Seeing the second one and loving it so much, I went back and watched the first one again, and it was like watching a different film. And I was like, mm. did I sleep through this the first time? Because this is awesome. Um, I st- I do still like, prefer the second one, though. Uh, and the third one, yeah. It, look, if, if you like the first two, you're going to love this. Uh, for me, though, yeah. the story... T- story. Um, <laughs> John Wick isn't exactly... Uh, you know, we don't come to it for the amazing story, but th- there are mm. certain things about the plot to me that... J- just uh, the, the ending, mainly. So there's, mm. there's a certain thing that happens with a character where one character shoots another character... And I don't quite buy it. It comes out of the blue in a way that's supposed to be, ooh, there's a twist you didn't see coming. But it's a twist that doesn't work for me. Well, um, I think it, that's going to be a great con because I think that, I think that's a plan. I think that's been Yeah, planned. I I think it's a plan. I think that um, <clears throat> the guy who pulls the trigger is in on it, mm. but the fall that that John Wick takes despite wearing his his superman body armor is just it's too big a risk like yeah. wh- whatever plan you know if, if they're trying to make this guy look like he's on the bad guy's side yeah i get that but it, it, it's it's too far like the, the 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 line between john wick surviving or not surviving with that fall that he takes at the end, is it, it's just too close. Um, so yeah, to me, it's it's it's, it's a bit of a stretch to believe, mm. even for a John Wick film. You know, like th- these whole films are, are a stretch <laughs> to believe when you consider that all yeah. three of them essentially take place over the space of a week. 
this guy mm. has taken some abuse over over one week, you know. So, um, yeah, uh, but yeah, I, I, I think I think we solidified it for me, Brian. Is um, it was my second viewing. Um, I went to see it uh, with a friend. The cinema was pretty packed, but it seemed to be one of these really weird cinemas where everybody was in the same wavelength. So yeah. a lot of people were laughing during the action sequences. Mm. Yeah, and that just that 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 felt like the perfect response for this movie. You know, like when yeah. you see him throw an axe across a room into somebody's skull, there's some woman the other side of the auditorium killing herself laughing at that mm. that sets off everybody else, and it was yeah. it just yeah pure entertainment. It, I really did enjoy. It. There's other little things that bugged me, like um, when he's fighting the uh, the guy at the end who's like a proper. Or is it, or is it there's two guys. The the two two? Guys before. Yeah, yeah, and, and they're, they're like proper fans of his and stuff. But there's literally a mm. moment there where they have him. They've got him. They they can they can literally deliver the killing blow. They they've beaten him. Um but they back off as this mark of respect kind of thing and they let him get his bearings back and then and then he takes them out. And it's like you you've you've spent the whole film trying desperately to kill this guy i don't buy for a second that you're going to give him this little breather it makes no sense to me other than we didn't know how to get ourselves out of this situation so we're just going to do it and and people will go along with it so yeah i I love it it's entertaining i gave it four out of five when it came out um I, i love the john wick movies they're just you switch your brain off and you watch some of the craziest action sequences imaginable but for me personally the second one had a bit more meat on its bones both in story and character um, as well as having those brilliant action sequences so yeah okay brian you're number six my number six is marriage story or as it should have been called a divorce story um yeah uh wow okay so the 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 second of of my uh, choices for best actor at this year's Oscars is Adam Driver for for this uh, Scarlett Johansson as well brilliant I think she should she deserves a, a nomination for best actress for this too uh, the two of them together just create yeah the force of nature just I, I it's heartbreaking but at times really funny. Um, mm. There's, there's a particular moment towards, the, well, in the, in the last act of the film when uh, there's a bit of a custody battle going on for the kids and, and, and Driver's character is being watched, basically, by this, this woman who comes around and has to observe him with his child. <laughs> and he does this thing with a knife. Um, it's, it's meant to be a trick and it goes a little bit wrong and it's... The reaction to it is, I, I was just, I seriously was just in stitches. I was, I was crying. I was literally crying with laughter. But on top of that, you've got this full-on drama going on um, as this marriage breaks down between these two people who at heart really still do care for each other. Um, but the lawyers have got their teeth into the situation. And are steering ships on both sides and it's just yeah it's it's horrible it's ugly and it's something that a marriage should never become um and it's yeah it, it it's clearly a film you know like created 
by someone who has had some kind of experience with this um, because it's just too real and too raw to not be. Um, mm. I think that will turn a lot of people off. Um, but yeah, I just, I loved it. Um, I, I, and I loved that, I loved that despite all the drama, despite all the, the, the vile that is spat out between these two people, or that is really forced out of them by the lawyers, um, by the time we get to the end, we, we, we do reach a place where, I don't know, it's just, it's just poignant and you can tell there's still love there between them. Um, and it's just yeah it's heartbreaking so great film yeah I've not quite pulled the trigger on that one yet Mm. Um, just because I know it's going to be well devastating amazing Mm. and and very weighty and I don't know if I'm really uh, I want to be that depressed as yet just watch it man you gotta just watch it because it's so good And, and it's it is a film that I think I will watch again. Oftentimes, films like this are kind of a one-watch for me. Mm. Uh, you know, where I'll be like, "It's great, absolutely great," but I probably don't want to watch it again. But I, I, I do. Th- I, I, you know, I've already toyed with the idea of watching it again yeah. in in the past week or so. So uh, yeah, yeah I, I really liked it. Good. Um, my number five is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. So you actually why, rate it higher than me, yes, which is a big I, surprise. I, I, I've watched it several times now, and, and I think that even even poor Tarantino it is better than most people's best yeah. work. <laughs> yeah. um, he's one of that kind of that guy. Now, um, DiCaprio uh, and Pitt, I think every time they're on screen, it is utterly captivating and amazing fun enjoyable i can't take my eyes off it whenever we get margot robbie i just i cannot warm to that at all um i find it slows the, the movie down for me um, that's not to say that i, I don't get it either you know mm. we have yeah, yeah. with three main characters oh you just don't got, get it you just don't yeah. get it <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we've got dicaprio who is someone who's been a star and suddenly finds himself antiquated in this world you know he's mm. sidelined and he's marginalised and he's kind of struggling with where he is in the world mm. we have Pitt's character who literally has nothing really mm. and he's like the most like, happy content of the pair of these two guys <laughs> Just he's just happy coasting along like, whenever mm. something kind of downbeat happens to him he just shrugs his shoulders and carries on without a care mm. and then you get kind of Margot Robbie's character who's younger than these two she's at the cusp of becoming the person that she may be um, she's still got all the ups and downs to come and she never quite gets that potential realised or that's what we're supposed to feel yeah. for that character but I just it just we spend so many times just walking about with her you know I, it makes me wish that I loved Feet as much as Tarantino does because <laughs> <laughs> she, she's on it so much times with that but the t- Pitt DiCaprio Amazing! I love it. I could watch Pitt just driving about those amazing streets with those signage for hours. I thought it was wonderful. Just that half hour of Margot Robbie just unnecessary for me. Okay. So, are you, are you looking forward to the four-hour cut with more Margot Robbie in it? <laughs> I, of course, it's time to, I would watch it. Yes, yeah. just to see. But. Mm. <clears throat> okay. All right. Uh, my number five uh, is a Netflix film, and it is The Two Popes. 
It is directed by Fernando Morales, who did um, City of God, a film that he's never quite lived up to since, mm. uh, a film that was just astounding. Um, I, I think The Constant Gardener was quite good. Uh, blindness, I just, oh, man. I was, it was depressingly dull, and I, I'll never go back to that film. Um, and then he kind of just... For me, at any rate, just kind of disappeared. Um, and then this film popped up on Netflix with Anthony Hopkins and um, oh, Jonathan Price, who who I've always liked, to be honest. Uh, and I, I loved it. Absolutely loved <laughs> it. I, I was so engrossed. It's essentially just, for the most part, <clears throat> two guys talking. Um, f throughout most of the film, but it's so engrossing. Like the character study, you've got this this. So you've got the guy who is Pope, um, and who wanted to be Pope. So it's based on a true story, you know. He's, these are real people, uh, and uh, this, he wanted to be Pope. He kind of you know angled to become Pope, and when he became Pope, he's he's, he's not really been loved that much by the people. Um, and he's he's a very kind of religious man, very, you know, hardline kind of rhetoric kind of thing. And then the, the, this other guy a lot, uh, who a lot of people wanted to be Pope, uh, who, who, never, who never won the vote, um, he eventually became Pope. <laughs> um, and it's, it's really about that transition uh, about how that happened and the meeting between the two before that happened um, and just the, the yeah, just all the baggage of these two mm. men coming out. Um, you know, the, you got the, the, the one guy who never wanted to be Pope and the, the reason for that, a lot of that is, is, is his baggage, which, like I say, comes out over the course of the film. Then you've got the guy, the Anthony Hopkins character, who did want to be Pope, and because of that, he's got baggage, because, you know, obviously he's, 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 he's become Pope and then realised that actually this is much harder, there's too much responsibility, there's, it, it's just, it's affecting his walk with God, he, he feels he can't hear God anymore when he used to be able to, and it's just, yeah, it's... The, there's so much in it. It's really rich. It's really textured and layered. Um, and if you just like films about characters, then this is a really great film to watch. Uh, regardless of whether you have any religious views or faith views or anything like that, it's just, yeah, it's a good insight, a good look into, you know, one of the, the most powerful positions in the world. Uh, someone, uh, you know, this, 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 is a figurehead of of the Catholic religion that that many people look to for guidance. Who many people see as the representative of of God on earth. Um, but uh, yeah, so it, it's it's a very intriguing film. But just two two set the two central performances, absolutely brilliant. Um, and like I say, just a really involving drama. Yeah, um, again, another one I've not watched as yet. Um, hadn't really heard anything about it either just seen it popping up on Netflix mm. yeah, I'll get to it number four on my list is probably the most 
polarising movie on the list. People either hated it or loved it. Um, for me, it was, well, number four. It is Midsummer. Um, uh, hate it. There we go. <laughs> it's one of these things. and I, I found this utterly captivating watching it. I, I loved um, Florence Hugh, I think it is. It's the, the main Pew. actress. Uh, Pew. Uh, Pew. She was with a P. Pew. 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 She was uh, amazing. Like those scenes of heartbreak that she has and break the emotional just I don't know destruction that mm. she has throughout it are just you, you can't help but be affected to that. Um, mm. Everything mm. we get in, in Sweden when we get to the the strange daylight scenes, the never ending daylight is just weird and odd. And some of the characters I wasn't overly fond of, but. I was driven forward by that main performance in the form of this, the, uh, which is pretty much just a relationship breakup movie, all about that. And, and some of the, some of the f- photography is amazing, and it has this one cut, which is, is it weird to say just one thing, but it's just amazing. There's a moment where the Swedish guy comes into the house and he's like, "Are you going to come uh, on the trip with us?" And she gets a wee bit emotional. She's like, I just, I just need to go to the bathroom. And the camera goes up over the door as she goes into the bathroom. And as she closes the door, she's in the air, uh, the aeroplane toilet. Mm. And it's just, it's, it has a, a couple of little touches like that that are just marvellous like, film touches that just shorthand and move the, the pace along. Mm. And I've still seen the Director's Cup. I thought this was truly amazing. Why did you hate it, Brian? Look, I, I I think Asta is a stunning director. I do uh, mm. for like that transition you said. I I think Florence Pugh does give an absolutely brilliant performance, as she did with another really great film uh, of last year, Fighting with My Family. Uh, I think she's definitely an actress to look out for. Um, she's proven herself for these two films. I just I. I, I this is a, it's supposed to be a horror film, and it just doesn't work for me on a, on on a horror level. I I, mm. I I I don't I don't. I was bored. I was just bored, like really really bored. And then there was some moments where I laughed, um, but kind of I don't know. It just it it descended into farce towards mm. the end, um, and I'm like. I just, I just, I just think he could have got there faster. And the idea of releasing the, the, a director's cut in which it's longer, oh, grief! <laughs> it was long enough. If anything, cut something, cut something out, please, for the love of God. Um, no, it, it, it just, it really dragged for me. It really mm. dragged. Um, like I say, the performances are great. Astor is a, is he is a great director. I think what he did with Hereditary was phenomenal. Until those last five minutes, um, but this I, I just like I went into this really looking forward to it based based on what I'd seen Asta do with mm. Hereditary. But to, this to me feels very much like a, a similar kind of story in many ways. I, I mean, it's not, uh, but it's, mm. I don't know. I, I feel like he's too consumed with that world of witchcraft and and pagan pagan re <laughs> paganism um 
Yeah, yeah I think that's that, that perfectly encapsulates most of the people that watch this movie. You get people that just really don't think it, they mm. don't like it, think it drags a bit, and then you get people that love it and think that it kind of zips by. It's one of those strange mm. movies that, where there is two equal camps on it. Yeah. yeah. I, I loved the opening. I, I thought like the opening 10, 15 minutes when we first meet the characters and like I say, the, the, the Pew's moments where because obviously there's a tragedy within her family yeah. that strikes and, and that's handled brilliantly. Um, but the, but then it doesn't live up to the promise of that introduction. Once we get to the, um, what, whatever you call it, the cult home base. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I just, I, I'm not interested in any of those characters. They're all just a little bit weird, um, but not in a, not in a scary way. Just, uh, mm. I don't know. I, I, I feel like I, I should feel threatened when, when, when they're, when they're there because they're, because they're outnumbered so much. I, I feel like mm. I, I should, I should, I should be afraid for them. I should feel th threatened. Uh, you know, there's nowhere for them to go. This is isolated horror. You know, in much mm. the same way the thing is, or anything like that, where you know you take a bunch of characters, you put them in a location that is out in the middle of nowhere. They've got nowhere to go. They're outnumbered. They've got the odds stacked against them. That should build tension and fear. But I don't feel any of those things. I just sometimes feel humorous. Um, I don't know if it's intended. So I've been told that it was by some people, but it, that's not what I want uh, for, mm. from this. I, I don't know. I just, I think because because Hereditary had me so on the edge of my seat and so tense from start to finish and was literally one of the scariest, heart-rending experiences I've had in a cinema for a long time. I was expecting that with Midsummer, um, But... I don't know. Maybe it's just because most of it is shot in daylight. Maybe it's a horror. It's, it's really weird because everything you're saying you, you wanted to feel, I, I felt watching it. I felt as if I'd been through the emotional ringer at the end of this. I was exhausted with the movie. Uh, for, for me, I think it's the daylight. I don't know. Maybe maybe <laughs> for me, the horror, a horror film shot in daylight just doesn't work for me. I don't find daylight <laughs> scary. Um... <laughs> I, yeah, I just saw, I just see a bunch of people wearing wacky clothes, doing silly chants, um, and leveling the LD with large like hammers and then yeah. turning people into like something Buffalo Bill would do in yeah. his shed. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, and and, like and a lot a lot of the characters as well, a lot of the main characters aside from Pew's character, mm. are, are unlikable. Um, yeah. yeah. So I think that's I, the point. Israel. Yeah, but I've I've no reason to, to to root for them. I've no you know when when they when they become in danger, and when their lives are threatened, I don't care. I'm just like right, okay, okay, great. Mm. Um, the only one I care about is Pew's character. But like I say, I just I, I, it, it it didn't work for me. Um, I I can't necessarily put my finger on it, but. I was just bored for much of the running time and you know wondering where where is it going and 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 what's it trying to say I guess I I didn't really know what it was trying to say I don't I don't mind admitting that I'm sure there'll be many people out there who do some great film essays on the, on, on the movie and, and all the 
underlying themes and the, the hidden messages and all that lot. Uh, you know, I go in for that kind of stuff. I'm very much that kind of person. I, I don't know if it's entirely hidden. It's just the final mm-hmm. throes of a relationship as they try to save it, but it's ultimately doomed. The two people that are just polar opposites, grown apart, and it's it's fighting through the grief of that. Yeah, I, just, I yeah, I just I, I I didn't connect with it. I didn't warm to it at all. So, so you're number four. <laughs> My number four, uh, this is a film that was released in 2018. It's a 2018 film, but over in, in the UK, it was released in 2019. So it makes the list and it is Green Book, winner of the Best Picture Oscar. Um, deservedly so. Uh, there, were, there were two films up for Best Picture last year that either one of them, for me, were, were worthy. The other one was Black Klansman. I think I would probably put Black Klansman marginally over this, but I don't care. It, it you know, it, it's still, still won. Um, I, 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 I think Green Book is still a worthy winner. I, uh, yeah, I, I just loved it. It was just a character-driven film. Uh, it's, it's a, you know, it's a tale as old as time. It's you take two people who are complete opposites, stick them together, and they, they shouldn't work, but they through their differences grow to to have a, a love and respect for each other um you know it's, we've seen it millions of times before but it's, it's how you pull it off it's how you execute it and coming from the director of dumb and dumber and me myself and irene and, and those kind of movies totally unexpected um i i think it's got beautiful cinematography in it uh, some really lovely music and two really great performances um, by Mahersha Ali and yeah. um, Viggo Mortensen. So, yeah, it's it's what cinema's all about: character-driven storytelling that pulls you in and makes you feel something. Uh, I know a lot of people are quite sniffy about it because it does have some, shall we say, more obvious Hollywood leanings. But so what? As you could say the same thing about French cinema. Oh, there's going to be sex in it, yeah. clearly. Because it's French and they have to put that in there, you know. It's, it's so what? It's like why? Why are we sniffy of of melodrama or sentimentalism that they put in Hollywood movies? It's it's just one element of movies. You either like it mm-hmm. or you don't. And I don't mind it if it's done right. And here it was done right. Yep. Yeah. Can I can agree more with you? I think it's a a real, a real crowd pleaser. Mm. Yeah. 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 Just uh, now my next three movies were. They're all in a par. I, I, I wish I could make them all just number one, because mm. I think they're that that close together. Um, they're only separated by my own prejudice. Prejudice is of what <laughs> I would like to see. Easier for me to see. Um, what I'd like to watch first, more than anything, I think again for me watching them. But they're all terrific movies. They're all my number one, but unfortunately, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> so my number three is Joker. Okay. Um, <clears throat> again, I've said this a few times. Way better than we should possibly have even hoped for. Uh-huh. Um, especially when you hear a lot of the filmmakers saying it's like we're aiming for mean streets. We're aiming mm-hmm. for the king of comedy. That's that's lofty goals. Um, you know, saying stuff like that is the kiss of death. Actually, achieving it is a is a damn miracle, um, which I've done here, and it is anchored by. One of the best performances uh, this year, easily. Yeah, um, easily. Terrific. 
Yeah, and um, I'm sure we're going to hear more about this movie later on. But <laughs> I, I think, I think the Joker is. Oh, well, it's the best. <clears throat> A comic book movie this year it's one of the best movies period this year it is unsettling in all the right ways um, I've seen this a couple of times and after the first time I thought I don't know if I want to see that again because mm-hmm. um, it was affecting um, and when I watched it the second time I, I really started to notice the intricacies of the film making and I thought it was just terrific mm. okay and my number three is the irishman uh hmm. so yeah uh, again netflix killing it um <laughs> uh, just yeah it's 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 a film that i had to watch over two nights because it has an epic running time yeah four four hour movie um uh but everyone just everyone is on form you know all the big hitters de niro pacino pesci's back um it's just yeah really incredible movie um scarsese doing some of his finest work in recent years i i think i can't remember where i said this before but i i just i i actually feel like scarsese is doing his best work um in in more recent years like his Mm. My favourite films, three three of my top five Scorsese films are from the last ten years, uh, give or take. So, mm. I, yeah, I just, uh, yeah, it's uh, it kind of it's very similar in many ways to Goodfellas. It's that kind of film, you know, about a guy you see him in in his younger years who, who becomes mm. embroiled in the mob, but in many other ways it's quite different. I think it's a more mature look at that world um i think obviously goodfellas is made by a film is a film made by a young man looking ahead at life whereas this film is 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 a film that has been made by an old man who is able to look back and and uh, you know and 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 analyze his life i guess um and, and i feel that because of that it just brings something to this film that Goodfellas doesn't have. And that's not to diss Goodfellas. Goodfellas is a classic, obviously. But for me personally, I, I, I think I liked this more. I, I think I, I I preferred this film. I preferred the character journey. Um, I just, yeah. It, it's brilliantly shot, as mm. typically a Scorsese film would be, and just brilliantly acted across the board. And it just shows us the, the value of family and how sometimes that is very much kind of pushed to one side for the sake of other glories that in the end add up to nothing Mm. um yeah it it made it into my top 20 i Mm. I loved it Um, Mm. i know a lot of people seem to it was fashionable to hate aspects of it but Mm. yeah i don't get it Uh, my number two is uncut gems from the Safdie brothers, uh, the guys who did Good Time a couple of years ago, which made it onto my, my favourites of the year list as well. Adam Sandler has never been better in this movie. And it's, it's, have you seen this one yet, Brian? I've not, no. no. It's all about a, a, a jeweller in New York who is extremely charismatic. Um, you're engaged by him, you like him, 
Um, but every single thing that he does in his life and his business is just awful, detrimental to him and everybody round about him. Yeah, you, you're hoping the guy's going to succeed at some point and pull himself out of this. He has uh, a marriage that's in the middle of a breakdown, they're about to separate. He has a mistress. He has a kind of loan men or, or money sharks after him for bets. He is ha- a habitual gambler. He uses people. Um, and what the Safdie brothers do terrifically well is over the course of this couple of days that we follow this character is they create this almost documentarian feeling by populating the scenes with lots of characters, most of whom aren't really important to the scene at hand, but there'll be all these different conversations going on. The, the camera has to traverse these sets where people are, are just everywhere, all having their own conversations, and it doesn't it doesn't feel staged like a movie feels staged. You know, it feels as if you're, mm. you're prying in something you shouldn't. And the story is it's one of the most anxiety driven movies I've watched I could have clawed the skin off my face watching this character constantly do the wrong thing but hoping he was going to turn it around and it gets to this unbelievably rousing finish that when you look at it it really had nowhere else to go but my god it's it's, it's, it's awesome it's truly fantastic Okay, I, I've heard a lot of good things. Uh, the, the the score for it over on Letterboxd is pretty high. Um, so yeah, it's 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 definitely uh, pretty high up in my one one to watch. Um, but uh, yeah, my number two is Avengers Endgame. Um, <laughs> I just I just yeah, the culmination of a ten year journey. Uh, so many balls that could have been dropped and it could have failed miserably um but uh yeah they're not they're kept in the air and the yeah it just juggled to perfection <laughs> um i did, like you said before it's a time travel movie it's back to the future meets well the avengers um <laughs> and it's it's just like you say it's it's a greatest hits but it doesn't feel. It, it's just uh, like, do you know when sometimes when TV shows don't know how to end, so they'll do a look back kind of thing and basically just do a clip show, um, yeah. and you feel like you've been shortchanged and and it's kind of just cheapened. It's it doesn't feel like that. You know, there's there's a reason for going back mm. and revisiting scenes we've seen before and. And, and it's 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 very effectively used, uh, and mm-hmm. yeah, it's just the thing I love about it as well is that if you want to step out of the Marvel universe from this point on, you can do, mm-hmm. and you know if you if you just want that set with those films, how how many is it now? Is it twenty two up to that 22, point? I think yeah. yeah. If you you know if you want your shelf with those twenty two movies on and you're not interested in going any further, you can do. There's a pretty much a complete story. It it caps off the the whole journey that all these characters have gone on. It feels like the end of of this phase, so to speak. Um, I mean, with that in mind, the films that we've had since I I I think have been the weakest. Uh, I think um, still good, but 
Yeah, I, I, but I, I just, yeah, it, it, it lived up to expectation, and given that the expectation was so menu, monumental, I think that is quite a feat. Um, mm. Yeah. Okay, so we're on to number one, favorite mm. movie of the year. Now, mm. as always. Mind is a wacky left field old choice, <laughs> um, and it was one that I I really I went through a lot of emotions watching it, and there's a reason for it, right? So it's a, a it was a low budget movie made in Japan in 2017, <laughs> and it finally got released here in January, straight onto Blu-ray, just dumped, and um, it's one of the most inventive movies I think I've ever seen. It's a simple little thing called One Cut of the Dead. Right. right? And it just... Even the, the the title of it makes you feel like you kind of know what it's going to be. And it's a movie of, like, three-thirds, really, that they make this up. So... Can I just say that for anyone who doesn't understand uh, Graham's accent, he, he didn't say wankered of the dead. He said one cut of the dead. How now, Bram Cow? <laughs> one cut of the dead. Um, yes. So, One Cut of the Dead is a movie of three parts. Now, the first part is indeed a, a one-cut zombie movie, 30 minutes, and it is woeful, horrible. There's long pauses. The, 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 the direction's a little bit odd. Uh, the language uh, is somewhat stilted. It just seems a run-of-the-mill a typical attempt at a zombie movie and then we get to the half hour mark and the credits roll and then we jump back six months to where our director who uh, happened to be in the, the short movie as well is now being pitched for the job of directing this for a horror channel in Japan and it is his job to create this half hour zombie short and the next the middle half hour of the movie it's all about him getting the cast together rehearsing practicing what they're going to do and finalizing it the final half hour of the movie is them making that half hour short and everything that goes wrong in it why why the language was stilted why it looked awful why there were odd directing choices why it stuck on that end shot for so long the effort that this guy goes to when all he has to do is a good enough job but he wants to excel he wants to make the best thing he can he's got his family unit with him helping him out doing it and and even when it gets to the, the final shot when they achieve something so unimportant that the average viewer wouldn't even notice you are literally off your seat punching the air like this this movie is a creeper it creeps up and drags you into this story by making you think it's one thing and by the end of it, you are completely enamoured with all the characters. You are cheering them on and achieving this terrifically small goal. And it's just won you over. And the movie's finished with one hell of a smile on your face. It's hard to really lock it into what kind of genre it is. But it's a movie that I could see a lot of people turning off within the first half hour and missing right. the magic it comes after it. It's truly it just shows your staying movies. power that you were willing to stick with it for that half hour. Then. Hmm. But um, so would you say it, it? It kind of sits in with the tradition of movies about movies like Singing in yes. the Rain and The Player and 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 films like that. that yeah. 
because yeah. that final third, they've agreed that they're going to do it one cut, so that they can't they can't move away from it. They, ha- they don't have any other cameras to go to. They're stuck with the one camera, and when actors are turning up drunk, when people forgot their lines, when people are trying to fluff because things are happening, when the cameraman falls over, they have to constantly try to make it work and it's all about that ethos of everybody coming together to achieve this goal of making this small half hour show that's probably going to air once and before forgotten about but the just camaraderie between everybody and, and the willingness to achieve it is just it's rousing it's really like heartwarming as well it's like it's it's like it's that old adage isn't there no nobody sets out to make a bad film you know, mm. you, you can tear someone's work apart, but even if it's terrible, th- they've put their heart and soul into it. And there's, mm. a, there's an, um, I don't know if you've seen Dolomite. My name yes. is Dolomite. Another, Dolomite is my name. Yeah, Dolomite is my name. That's it. Uh, it's, it's like another really great film about filmmaking, about, mm. yes, the end product could be terrible, but you don't see the heart and the soul that goes into it the the battles that are fought and um it is this thing where you know a bunch of people get together and they 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 create something uh and they have really no control over whether that's going to be good or bad and sometimes it's lightning in a bottle and sometimes everything just goes wrong but um I do love that process uh, and, and, and looking into that process. So, yeah, that, that definitely sounds like a film up my street, to be honest. I'll definitely have to check that one out. So, uh, yeah, that, that's, that, that, that's intrigued me. I like that. Um, but, uh, yeah, my number one, as if there was any doubt. <laughs> you always know what my number one is. But uh, yeah, Joker clearly is my number one. Uh, I am a Batman fanatic, you know. But uh, the Tim Burton's Batman is technically the film that made me want to become a director. It's it's the film that made me want to study film, uh, not just watch it. Uh, I I and then as a result of Batman Returns, I I became a comic book fan in my teenage years and fell in love with the character of Batman and all, all the supporting characters and the villains and this, that and the other. So, so yeah, I, I just, <clears throat> I love the character. I love that you can do so many different things with him, with Batman, with Joker, with all these, with all these characters, have different interpretations and yet still have something that is recognisable as that character that, that is universal throughout each interpretation. Um, Joker has generally been someone whose backstory we, we don't really tend to get. In the comic books, he's, he's never really been, yeah, un, unveiled in that regard, mm. to, to that degree, to this degree. Uh, so the idea of doing that, when it was announced, I think, like you said, I, 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 that, that to me was like, yeah, that shouldn't work. That won't work. Uh, plus, you got the d- director of the Hangover movies in charge of it. Uh, this is this is stupid. This is really, really stupid. It's another bad decision in a long line of bad decisions that have been made by Warner Brothers and DC in their film department. Um, but wow, 
best film of the year. Uh, absolutely stunning character piece. Uh, as a study of of societal responsibility or the lack thereof. Uh, the 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 way in which society pushes that responsibility aside uh, to look after those who are on the fringes and yeah we get the monsters we deserve i guess um but um yeah it, it, it's 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 absolutely brilliant and that, that there's a line in there um from fleck when he's writing in his diary about how uh, the worst thing about mental illness is that people expect you to act like you don't have it um you know and it's it's just yeah uh, i i've 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 dealt with certain things myself. I've I've dealt with friends who've who've been going through mental illness and stuff, and, and it's so true. When you when you look at the social services system and all that kind of stuff, and it, it, it this film just feels so relevant to me. And the 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 big stink that was kicked up in the media about mm. yeah, goodness knows what uh, you know. It, it it just to me that that only served to show just how true real and relevant this film is because all, all the backlash came from the, the very people that this film is is talking about those who mm. want to just brush things under the carpet and pr pretend that you know there's, there's nothing wrong or, or, or that you know yeah the poor people are to blame and things like that um so mm. yeah it, it it just to me it uh, it, it, it's too easy to dismiss the film by saying, oh, it's Taxi Driver meets uh, King of Comedy. Yeah, so? So what? Um, it takes the style of those two films and it does something absolutely incredible with it. Um, mm. I think I've already said it once before, there's nothing new under the sun. You, you take something that's done before, but you change it and you put your own stamp on it. And that's what's been done here. And we've been given one, one of the best performances I've ever seen. Um, for my money, the best performance of the year. Uh, like I say, of, uh, of these films, there are three performances throughout them that I personally think should be nominated in the, in the Oscars. I've already said two. This is the third one, but this is the one that I think deserves to win. Uh, it's just an incredible transformation uh, from the physicality to the yeah just the the voice the, the everything uh i i just completely different persona to to mm. what i've seen phoenix play before he totally embodies the role and he makes me sympathize with a character even though you know it's a character who's going to do dubious things um whether whether you know that, that that's that's one of the reasons it caused a stink. Oh, we shouldn't be sympathising with this guy, but yeah, we should. You know, it's monsters aren't just—they're not born; they're created. They don't just happen overnight. Uh, so, society has a responsibility, and we are shirking it big time right now. So, yeah, I—I I love that this is a film about something, but which also fits into the Batman universe in such a perfect way. I could—you know—I could easily see a. A Batman entering this world, uh, and and I want to. That's the thing, you know. There's been talk that that Todd Phillips wants that to happen. Hell yeah, hell yeah, I want that to happen. So, yeah, bring it. Yeah, 
Um, okay, I'll just I'll I'll gonna run through my twenty to eleven as my honourable mentions, Brian. Okay. Okay. Um, so Harpoon, which was a, a a low budget horror movie, which was quite good. Ad Astra, uh, dragged across concrete. The Irishman, ready or not. Crawl, uh, knives and skin. High Flying Bird. Which is a Netflix movie, Velvet Buzzsaw, another Netflix movie, and Doctor Sleep. Okay. Yep. Oh, all good choices. It's uh, <coughs> quite a few few on there that yeah. All right. Uh, so I will just say Do- Dolomite is my name. It is actually my, tw- my number twenty one. <laughs> it does deserve an honourable mention because uh, I I wasn't looking forward to it to be honest. Mm. Eddie Murphy. No matter how, no matter how much people told me this was Eddie Murphy's comeback and how great he was, it did not excite me <laughs> at all. Um, but yeah, I watched it and yeah, great. Pro- possibly Eddie Murphy's best performance, and and it is a really good film about filmmaking, about the love mm. of filmmaking and, and and the joy of it and and the family atmosphere of it and, and stuff. But yeah, um, so my twenty to eleven, number twenty. Hotel Mumbai uh, came out out of nowhere. Really great film. Ready or not, I am Mother. Really cracking Netflix sci-fi. Yeah. Um, Shazam, The Keeper, which I feel uh, it's it, it's on Sky Movies right now. Uh, well, it's on Now TV, uh, which is Sky Movies kind of thing. Um, it, it, it's, it's about it's a real true life story about a, a German footballer. Um, it, was, it was a POW over in the UK, and then he ended up playing for Manchester City. Um, but it, it, it's a great true story, and it's a really—I've been singing the film's praises all year. You know, if, if you talk about films that should have been seen more that haven't been, uh, this is the one I, I, I've gen- generally been calling out to people. Uh, yeah, The Keeper, really great film. Uh, John Wick, Chapter Three, at number fifteen. Uh, Terminator Dark Fate at number 14 which was as much a surprise to me as anybody because the trailers really didn't do it for me Um, but yeah the film had a lot of kickback from people who were just saying it's a woke generation and all that but I'm not really on board with all that for this particular film I thought it was just a really good story that happened to centre around female characters Mm. um, which quite frankly the Terminator has always been, you know, it's always been about Sarah Connor. It was always her story, not the Terminators. Um, and that's where some of the other sequels kind of lost the plot. So, yeah, really great return to form for the Terminator franchise there. Shame that it's not done well at all at the box office. Yeah. I, I think Terminator as a franchise now is pretty much dead. I think that was the last nail in the coffin which is a real shame because it, it, it was a it was a really good film. Um, number 13, Alita Battle Angel. Uh, never read the manga, but yeah, brilliant film. Another, yeah, another another James Cameron production, which the trailers did not grab me. I thought they looked too cartoony, looked a bit silly, but the film was just brilliant, character-driven, great science fiction. Uh, number 12 is Fighting With My Family, a film as I said, starring Florence Pugh. It's based on a true story about a wrestling family and the, the, the daughter going on to, to 
to break into like WWE. Uh, I've no interest in wrestling. I think it's silly. Um, but uh, the, the the film itself gave me an appreciation for what is involved in it, uh, what it's about, um, and it was just a really good character-driven film. I can't remember the name of the actor who plays the brother, but I thought he was really good in it. Uh, yeah, he, he gets a really good character arc, and it's just, yeah, everyone all around. It's funny, it's heartwarming, really good stuff. Uh, and my number 11 is the closer to M. Night Shyamalan's uh, East Rail, whatever it, number it is, it's trilogy. Unbreakable trilogy. Yeah, Glass. Uh, I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, it, it is the weakest of the three, but for me, the, 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 you know... It's, it's still up there. It's 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 still a brilliant movie. I I, I loved it. Uh, it just it gave me what I wanted, I guess, and 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 more. You know, it had some surprises in there, some twists that I didn't see coming, or some directions that I didn't see coming. Uh, but yeah, I loved it. Uh, and it kind I I think I put that that trilogy in my top five trilogies video that I did over on my channel. Uh, earlier on in the year but uh, yeah I, I, I do because I love Unbreakable and Split has improved with each viewing uh, I, I love that as well uh, and mm. uh, you know I'm sure Glass will do the same so yeah great so there you have it we have some crossover this year but most of that we've got some good movies some you may not have heard of before some that you may have bypassed as not for me but hopefully there's some movies in there that I hope you want to check out uh, personally quite interested in the, the two popes um, I think I may give that a, a shot at some point, sounds fairly interesting Brian, yeah. anything to say? Yeah, I, you've really got me interested in, in your number one choice um, mm. Just uh, when you started explaining it at the beginning, I, I was like this really doesn't sound like something I want to sit through half an hour of just to find out what the what the what the good bit is that you're talking about, but then once you got to what the good bit is, that, that yeah, that really intrigued me so yeah that that does sound like something I really want to watch good um, so we're looking forward to another year full of uh, great movie reviews hopefully next up in February we have What Lies Beneath and from then on who knows what's going to happen hopefully some crackers in amongst them thanks for listening and we'll see you next time on Brits on Flix Nobody does it Makes me feel sad for the rest Nobody does it half as good as you Keep it up.
does it make me any more intelligible? Can't work miracles, mate. <laughs> <laughs> right, man, I'm just going to go pure into the scotch. I'm, I'm not bothering me anymore because I can't be arsed. Chicken, it's just no fitting. It's not happening. Oh, this microphone, man, flipping. Ah. Because some a hole ripped my lapel mic off him instead of letting me take it off him. Never mind. Never mind, Brian. Never mind. Flipping life. What's it all about?